May the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, as Reverend Marjorie said, my name is Cody Turner, and I am the Duke intern here at St. George's for the summer. And what a joy and an honor it has uh, been to be here uh, this past month and to continue uh, through August. And I'm thankful for this opportunity to share with you here today. I want to talk to you about a new rhythm to live by. Today's gospel reading ends with one of the most wonderful invitations that we find in all of scripture. There's such a simplicity, such a beauty in Jesus's words. These are words that are steeped in love, words spoken from the depths of a heart churning with compassion. But what exactly is Jesus inviting us into? Well, to set the stage, I wonder if you've ever experienced firsthand the feeling in life where the systems around you were like a whirling machine. Perhaps it was your place of business or an organization that you were a part of, but there was a sense that you were just one cog in this greater, larger machine that exhaustingly churned. There's a huge toll that comes with being such a uh, part of such a system. As one becomes drawn into its rhythm and into its hum, one's capacity to see the wider world narrows. Weariness, stress, and indifference sets in. The system just does not promote human flourishing, and you feel powerless to slip free of its pattern. This is how Jesus describes the generation around him at the beginning of today's gospel reading. There's such a callous grind, a churning that is so set in its way that it's a bit out of control. There are no eyes to see, no ears to hear the miraculous things that are unfolding before them. It's in light of this reality that Jesus responds with this strange invitation. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what is it that Jesus is offering? You know, if Jesus had simply stopped after the first sentence, this would be a shockingly simple invitation to understand. Come to me, all who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Ah, he must be referring to some type of respite, a vacation to rejuvenate before jumping back into the grind of the generation at large. But he doesn't stop there. Instead, he continues on with very different language. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. So after using language that relates to stillness, he immediately jumps to language that relates to movement, to work. This seems at odds with one another. How can he be inviting us into something that simultaneously conjures images of stillness and of motion? I believe that Jesus is pointing to something here that is deeper than what our words are able to express. You see, the problem with our language is that it is terribly human. And what Jesus is describing here is terribly divine. 
He's offering an invitation to something that is not necessarily to be parsed out verbally. No, it's to be lived experientially. So he resorts to seemingly contradictory symbolic language. Gregory of Nyssa, one of the fourth century Cappadocian fathers, he picks up on this, this use in scripture of both stillness and motion to describe the Christian life. In his text, The Life of Moses, he writes this. This is the most marvelous thing of all. How the same thing is both a standing still and a moving. For he who ascends a mountain certainly does not stand still. And he who stands still does not move upwards. But here, the ascent takes place by means of the standing. In other words, what Jesus is offering is not purely a human experience. It's some type of experience that goes deeper, that allows both stillness and motion to be accurate depictions of its reality. So I, again, I ask, what is Jesus inviting us into? The answer is this. He's inviting us into an entirely different rhythm of life. And not just any life. This is an invitation into the flow of the divine life. Into the rhythm of the life of God. This rhythm of life functions in an entirely different way than the machine that is the generation at large. Whereas that system jockeys for position and for power, in this pattern of living, one learns from the one who describes himself as gentle and lowly in heart. Whereas that system leads to weariness, in this pattern of living, it is in the very movement that one somehow finds rest for his or her soul. This is the invitation that Jesus extends to us, to come away and live into the rhythm of this divine life. Now, perhaps you hear this and you're thinking, Cody, this is great and all, but this just sounds like escapism. It sounds like you're advocating for Christians to pick up their toys and to go off and to live alone with God and, and the church away from what is happening in the world. However, I think the opposite is the case. I believe that living into this rhythm makes you intimately involved with the events of the world. And here's an analogy that I hope will prove my point. I grew up as a child in the 90s. And so I was one of the last generations that grew up watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Still to this day, I have such a sentimental attachment to Fred Rogers. And as I've grown older, I've come to realize that what he did was one of the most profound things that we've ever seen in the history of television. For decades, this Presbyterian minister invited children into his world, into his rhythm of life, yes, into his neighborhood, if you will. There was a gentleness in his tone and a peacefulness that set the pace of each episode. But don't be fooled. It was not a place for his young viewers to escape from reality. No, it was a place that helped them process the things that were happening around them and to understand them in a more full sense. For instance, in 1969, the nation was wrestling over the issue of integrating swimming pools. As the controversy ensued, Mr. Rogers made his own statement in a poignant way. As he sat outside in one episode with his feet in a pool, he simply invited Officer Clemens, a black man, to join him. 
Not only did he offer this deeply significant invitation, when Officer Clemens declined because he didn't have a towel to dry his feet off with, Mr. Rogers doubled down. Don't worry, he said. I have a towel. We can share. So there sat two men, a black man and a white one, sitting with their feet in a pool together, sharing the same water, the same towel in the midst of a national controversy. There was no public verbal statement. Mr. Rogers didn't go on to say, and this children is how I feel about integrating pools. No, he just gave a simple knowing look at the camera, a look that seemed to say, let those with ears hear what is occurring. And what's more, something was happening in that episode in a deeply Christian register. The viewers were witnessing a foot washing. This was the brilliance of Mr. Rogers' show. What he did was radically present in a way that was also radically transcendent. His neighborhood was not an escape from the world. No, it helped young children process and understand it. It reminds me of the psalmist who laments how the wicked of his day continued to prosper in spite of their evil deeds. In Psalm 73, he writes, When I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I perceived their end. It was precisely going into the sanctuary that enabled the psalmist to perceive and understand his place within world events. This is what the divine rhythm of life offers. Not escapism, but a unique clarity. So this is what Jesus is inviting us into. A new rhythm of life. A rhythm defined by both rest and by movement. A rhythm that doesn't allow us to escape from the world, yet shapes our understanding of it. A rhythm that we learn by living in the pattern of God himself. This is an invitation into a rhythm of the divine life. And the reminder of this invitation could not come at a more timely moment. The events of this year have effectively held a mirror up to ourselves, both individually and corporately. And most of us don't particularly like the things that we've seen. And one of the things I've noticed most in the midst of this season is people expressing lament and a sense of just weariness. Even here, in spite of my short time at St. George's, I know that many are experiencing a weariness that comes from loss and uncertainty. To be sure, weariness is at an all-time high. And yet, in the midst of that feeling... Hear the words of Jesus calling out to us today with this message and invitation of hope. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. May we lay hold of this promise and live into the hope and wonder of this divine rhythm. And may we do it today in the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.